Well, hello all, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, today we will be discussing episode five, which is the Empire Strikes Back, and today's going to be a little bit different. I've had a couple of guests lined up for this episode, and each one has fallen through multiple times, which is uh, not ideal. <laughs> um, and also kind of a surprise. A lot of people really love this film. Um, so I thought we would just kind of take a, uh, turn, a change of pace, and I will be discussing this movie just by my lonesome for a little bit. And any comments, questions, concerns, or other informational tidbits can be sent to, uh, the email that I have for this podcast, which is out of the best books podcast at gmail.com. I am sorry, it is quite the mouthful. Um, mouthful, not mouthful. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, let's just dive right in. So, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, is one of the belo- most beloved movies of all time, really. And most, I would say, most people's. Um, all-time favorite Star Wars movie. The interesting part about this is that it is actually not my favorite movie. So all growing up, I grew up in the prequel era. So I did not see the Star Wars films as they came out, uh, as it, I'm sorry, the original trilogy as it came out. And because of that, I think that that had a bigger impact on me as far as um, what I viewed as interesting or boring. Uh, so the prequels were always very exciting to me because there was a lot of lightsaber fights, and I really loved that. And it wasn't until much later that I started to begin to understand the emotional significance and excitement that comes with the original trilogy, as well as um, the intensity and emotions and story behind the lightsaber fights that are present in the original trilogy. So that's another thing that we'll talk about a little bit later um, with this episode, but, uh, grill me if you will. <laughs> it, uh, it's not always been my favorite movie. I have come to really love this movie. Um, and I think that it teaches a lot of valuable lessons and I'm really excited to talk about some of those different things. So the theme that I chose to, um, watch this movie and look at it through is that of diligence. Um, now diligence is kind of a funny, uh, attribute. It's not something that um, we talk about when we think about becoming more spiritually minded, um, but it's something that I think that is really important, and it's something that in general people really value, right? We talk about hard work and how that's so important, and how that's something that we look for in people, like even simple things like hiring jobs and, and all those things types of uh, more secular things, diligence is always very important to us. So I'm really interested to, um, when I was watching this movie, to kind of see how those things play together. And um, there are a lot of unexpected ways that diligence comes into play in this movie. I could spend quite literally hours uh, discussing all the different uh, spiritual beliefs that are kind of presented in episode five. Episode 5, just from a theatrical standpoint, was an incredible movie that um, expounded upon a what was kind of viewed as like a one-off, really simple fairy tale film and really uh, dove into the, the, the lore and the 
spirituality, the belief systems, all of those things uh, that the Star Wars universe began to entail. So um, it's been really interesting to look through those things and to kind of skim past those bigger spiritual moments and instead look for these diligent moments, which have been really uh, fascinating. So the first one that I wanted to look at just from right from the get-go in the very beginning is we learn of, of two or three different uh, journeys that are going on simultaneously. You have Darth Vader and um, his group, and they are tirelessly hunting Luke Skywalker. And it turns out in the end that they are hunting the wrong people, right? They, they don't know at the beginning that they are hunting just Luke and Leia. Uh, sorry, not Luke and Leia, uh, Han Solo and Leia. And so he's going in the wrong direction, but he is very diligently seeking after this. And we get to the point where he is very reckless. He is destroying his fleet. He is um, treating a lot of lives with real reckless abandon because this is just his consuming goal. And I think that that's a really interesting um, aspect of diligence to look at, that sometimes we can get so consumed in those things that it's no longer diligence and instead, instead has become an obsession and something that has really turned into a detrimental thing. So I thought that was a really fascinating uh, kind of point to Vader's uh, journey throughout this film is that all he wants to do is find this Luke Skywalker. And uh, it's really, I think, one of the most fascinating things to do when watching this film is to watch it as though you had not seen it before. And, um, or rather, oh, sorry. I said that totally wrong. <laughs> what I meant to say is that watching this film really intentionally knowing what Darth Vader is wanting was really fascinating this time around because I realized that he doesn't really want to see Luke so that he can turn him to the dark side. He really wants to see Luke so he can tell him that he's his father. And obviously that's tied with him into turning Luke Skywalker to the dark side, but um, it's a really fascinating kind of need that Darth Vader has, that he he needs Luke to know that he is his father. And I think that that's part of Anakin Skywalker coming through, that he needs, he needs someone to know so desperately that he, that there's a, there's a good part of him, that if Luke, who is this hero of the rebellion, came from him, then, then there must be some part of him that's good. So there's a lot of interesting psychological things going on with uh, Darth Vader. But then you also have this, uh, other diligent uh, quest from Luke, who is diligently trying to become a Jedi, which is increasingly difficult when all the Jedi in the galaxy are slowly either turning into the void or um, are already dead. So he goes in in search of this fabled Grandmaster Yoda, and we kind of get a similar thing with Darth Vader. Um, Luke is really obsessed with becoming a Jedi. He's really into it and he wants to do it so badly. And he wants to do it so badly that he has lost sight of what it necessarily means to be a Jedi. I find a lot of similarities between uh, Luke finding Yoda and when Rey finds Luke in uh, The Last Jedi, that Rey is really confused when Luke asks her kind of like what she's doing here, what she wants to learn. And she's like, the force is strong and I can lift rocks and throw them at people. And while Luke doesn't say those things, he kind of believes them, right? He He's looking for a great and grand warrior and he wants to find him so that he too can become a great and grand warrior. But all he finds is this humble little green man who is 
in all retrospects, nursing his wounds after being a great warrior and realizing that that has only led to his downfall. I've always been fascinating with the char- fascinated fascinated with the character of Yoda because we in the Star Wars fandom uh, very much so put Yoda on a pedestal. He is viewed as incredibly wise, incredibly intelligent, just this this huge beacon of of wisdom. But in reality, he was wrong once, and we see later in the Return of the Jedi that he is wrong again. Um, Luke is eventually faced with a choice between killing his father to save the galaxy or not killing his father to join the dark side. And it takes Luke's great courage and his own beliefs in himself and in his moral compass to realize that neither option is okay and that he can find a third pathway that he's able to redeem his father by trusting in his attachments and in his, uh, his love for his father. And it's interesting that there is so much weight and so much, uh, wisdom and, and goodness placed on Yoda's shoulder that he actually is, um, has failed. And I think that that also adds some more weight to in episode eight in the last Jedi, when Yoda talks about how failure is the greatest teacher, because Yoda had to fail multiple times to learn these most important lessons. Um, anyway, so we have Luke doing that. Um, of course, the downside to all of this is that Luke eventually abandons his training to go save his friends, which his friendships are, are things that he has diligently worked to cultivate and, and that he cares about them so deeply. And I think that it's an interesting juxtaposition to think about Luke, who is so dedicated and obsessed with becoming a Jedi, to then also see him sacrifice that in order to save his friends. And I think that it's a really um, a really fascinating predicament to put in. It shows how much he values his friends, how much he cares for them and wants the best for them. And um, it's a, a very fascinating thing. Uh, you also have Yoda, who has his own little journey throughout this, right, of, of diligently working to train this kid to be a Jedi, and instead finding that he's super young and brash and hot-headed and has all of these difficulties focusing. And I, I oftentimes think about how how good-intentioned diligence can be. We want so badly when we're diligent. We're never diligent because we think it's a stupid cause. We're, we're diligent because we're passionate about something. And we don't oftentimes talk about how diligence can sometimes be met with disappointment because after all that we've worked for and all that we have tried to do, we finally get to that point. And what happens when it doesn't amount to anything? What happens when it's not not what you thought it was. And I think that that's an interesting way to view Yoda's experience. This is something he's waited for, for at this point, I believe 19 years. And to finally get to this point and be so excited and ready to pass on all this wisdom that you have to someone who does not want it, it, it has to be very difficult and very jarring and scarring. The last group of diligence that I want to really point out is... Uh, Han and Leia, and they have diligence towards a little bit of a different thing. Uh, so Han is very diligently acting to woo Princess Leia, and I have always found their love story to be fascinating because it is two people that are very aggressively denying the fact that there is any sort of relationship that is forming, and I've always found that very 
comical at times, but also um, I think it sometimes is reflective in us as human beings. We really uh, create a narrative for ourselves of what we what we believe and what we think and what we do. And to have that challenged by someone, and not only to have it challenged just by a stranger, but by someone that we realize that the very feelings that we have for them are what challenges those beliefs, I think is a really interesting uh, dynamic to view this relationship through. For me, the most important parts of this film are those, I talked a little bit about it in the beginning, um, that kind of teach a uh, almost a spiritual message in these films. You have Yoda who is talking about doing or not doing and that there is no trying, um, which is really teaching um, a lot about about faith and belief in yourself. Um, You have uh, Luke who is teaching that there is, that sacrificing for your friends can sometimes lead to dire outcomes, but in the end is what ultimately will save us. And Another one of my favorite uh, parts of this film uh, and one of my favorite quotes of the film that I think uh, most people kind of overlook, uh, Luke goes into the cave on Dagobah and he is then faced with Darth Vader. Um, They fight. It's very brief. And Luke wins by decapitating Darth Vader. Very dark. Very sinister. Um, But in the end, the helmet opens and Luke realizes that it is himself. And obviously this is thematically meant to foreshadow that Luke is Darth Vader's son and that they are related. Um, But what I actually think is the most uh, profound part of this story is that right before uh, Luke goes in, Yoda uh, is talking to him and says, you don't need to bring your weapons in there. And Luke says, what's in there? And Yoda says, only what you take with you. And this is something that has always really uh, deeply spoke to me, that sometimes we are facing trials and or difficulties or um, whatever they may be, and oftentimes we think that there is an enemy, that there's a foe, that there is this, this obstacle that we are trying so difficult or so adamantly and diligently to surmount or to um, overcome. But I think that if we're stopping and taking heed of Yoda's words, we can realize that really, if we're able to overcome the difficulties and the darknesses within ourselves, then we've already won and those obstacles will no longer be obstacles. Another lesson that I have learned from watching The Empire Strikes Back um, is the beauty and the uh the awfulness of failure um luke falls completely into the trap that is set by darth vader and he is brought to his lowest of lows but throughout the experience on cloud city luke encounters darth vader and they duel and as a child i thought this was the most exciting duel per se of the movie uh, but it definitely was still slow to me and I didn't understand the the nuances of the story behind the the battle but one of my favorite parts of this is the fact that um, Luke goes into this battle thinking that he is ready for anything he is diligently trained he is diligently prepared he is ready to face his fears and he is constantly and wildly beaten 
It does not matter if he has these small little, you know, upper hands that these tricks up his sleeve that Vader was not anticipating at the end of each segment of the battle. He is completely and utterly defeated. And we see Luke literally fall to the lowest of lows. He is hanging, has his world turned upside down. He is hanging upside down and he is brought to his lowest of lows. And what I think is really gutsy about this film is that it does not really resolve this. It's not like the end of the movie, you get done and you feel all hopeful and gung-ho inside. Um, It's really, really sad and really um, terrible to imagine such a huge failure. And what I think is, is kind of the warning about this is that when we are working diligently, we have to be able to still have the humility to realize that we might not know everything, that we might not be prepared, that we may, that inside the cave, we may take in our weapons, but all that is left in there is really just what we, uh, what we take inside. It's just us. And I think that it's a fantastic representation visually and thematically of kind of those battles that we all face. So what I learned from this movie and the thing that I feel called to do in the future is to work diligently, but to recognize that uh, choosing what to work diligently on and choosing uh, most importantly to work on myself and figure out how to diligently um, improve myself will help to improve the things around me and the difficulties that I face. I also learned that sometimes it's really important to sacrifice for friends and also to be careful with with what sacrifices you make because you might end up with one less limb falling down a hole learning that your father that you thought was a great guy is actually the complete sadistic torturer of the universe. So that could happen to anybody. So be careful out there. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of this abnormal podcast and I hope to hear you back again soon. Thank you. I hope that all of you are doing well and I'll see you soon.